What's with the hostilities? What did he do? It's not hostility. I'm just accurately describing him. not yet recovered from the indulgences and permissiveness of Christmas Day, a day of such sloth and accumbency that it's not clear we'll ever regain full motor function. Again, my name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here too. You doing tonight, Lori? I'm okay. How are you? Lori's okay. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Tonight is Tuesday, December 26th, 2023. I just noticed that I had clicked record on myself and Abe instead of myself and Lori. So all of the pre-show banter uh, is just Lori screaming at me from well off mic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, which is actually kind of perfect. Uh. <laughs> but uh, rest assured, Lori is uh, turned on. And, well, uh, uh. <laughs> Lori's microphone is now turned on, I should say. Big one-eyed monster. <laughs> My daughter was perusing her new uh, video game, and she's looking at the back of the of the video game there and it's one of these games it's on the playstation it's called immortals rising or something like that i don't know it's this game where like it's like a fantasy game where you run around sort of acting out or fighting against some of the old myths and gods of 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 the old days or something and there's a big cyclops on the back and she goes she's looking at the back of the video game thing and she goes whoa look at this big one-eyed monster it's like whoa well, what what movie or thing did you get a hold of there, little girl? Uh, <laughs> nightmare world we're in for with that one. Oh, boy. Uh, but that's the nice Christmas anecdote. What a great start to uh, our post-Christmas yeah, we had a nice, we had a show. Nice Christmas. We had such a wonderful Christmas. I don't want to... There's nothing obviously wrong with family and friends and, and loved ones and nothing all of that. Nothing obviously wrong. Uh Right. And of course, if to the naked eye, my family and friends are obviously all uh, uh, annoyed by me. Right. Like I'm not excluding myself from this conversation in terms of my presence being an occasional or frequent even burden on those that I am around. Right. Uh, Oh, uh, speaking of uh, happy belated birthday to uh, both Jesus the Christ and Tyler. Uh, both oh, that's right, Tyler. Dear friends of the show, Tyler, who I failed to message yesterday uh, on his birthday, like a total jerk. But what are you going to do? Uh, happy birthday, Tyler. Anyway, happy birthday, Tyler. I don't know if you're listening, bud. But yeah, I uh, didn't think he listened. I think he does. I don't know. Time to time, who knows? Last year, we went to Denver. We talked about it a great deal on the show. We were with my brother and his we were family. With everyone. And then my mother was there. My other brother was there. It, it, her, my sister-in-law's family was around everyone. and about the entire time. You were time. there. Everyone was there. Seemed like everyone was there, yeah. Uh, if you told me Abe was there, I would have to think for a long minute just to make sure that that was a weird lie. Uh, 
But I Me would too. believe it. <laughs> right. And they would be like, yeah, that sounds really? about right. Oh. Uh, uh, probably had fun. Uh, Chris is great, as Abe might say. <laughs> it's it's a lot, right? Like you go and you like spend and you're living in somebody else's house for the week and it's like – Or they're living in your house. Or they're living in your house like, and, and that sucks. And, it, you know, it's fine. It's good. That's what it is. It's sort of what it's – but also when it's just us, when it's just the me and Lori and the kids and the stupid dog and nothing else. Like we had no – It was awesome. No one else was here. We We didn't have to – help or be nice to anyone else we didn't have to perform our uh, some version of ourselves that was not 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 that it's a false version of ourselves but it's like yeah it's a little bit of a putting on a show didn't have to do any of that it was it was amazing and it doesn't have to be like that every single year but to get to do it every now and then is pretty great and like i didn't I didn't give myself any responsibilities for the day. I ended up running on the treadmill for a little while after spending a great deal of the morning or early afternoon playing Madden against the boy because the, the, I got the boy uh, Madden 24 for the PlayStation. Oh, nice. And I haven't played Madden since uh, the old days of kicking your ass on the, uh, on the <laughs> GameCube. That, it was like 2007. That's right. The Joe Juravicious play across the middle. That was a faulty game for what it's worth. Hopefully they cleaned that up. I've been I've spent uh, six hours of the last eighteen looking for the version of that tight end crossing route across the middle. Uh, I haven't quite found it yet. Uh, although I did, as I would have back in two thousand seven or so, I ended up with Michael Vick. I went to do the build your all time team or whatever, and the yeah. first pack that I opened because the, these games are fucking stupid but like they make you open up this pretend card pack and inside was was Michael Vick it's like ah Michael Vick now the quarterback of the New York football giants what what fun we're having here in pretend <laughs> football land but anyway it was great and like that's what like for me it, it was like an ideal I didn't get very many gifts like I don't care it's it was like it's not about what I get uh it's it's just being a total nothing of a, a human being for a few right. hours on Christmas, uh, just sitting there on the couch and not having to worry about it and just uh, letting my kids indulge in all of their worst appetites for the day. It's like, can I have a candy cane? Yeah, sure. Can I have a, a piece of cake? Yeah, sure. Can I have, piece, can I have some of this candy out of my stocking? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to say no. I'm saying no to nothing today. You do whatever you want, kids. <laughs> and then later they cry because they're broken. <laughs> Uh, so on the uh, extended family Christmas and other like big holidays like Christmas, like Thanksgiving, is it like typical that it's like extended family and then you just go to different places? Or do people do like what you're suggesting, which is you alternate between immediate family one year where it's easy and then extended family this is the, the next first year? year. No. Last year was the first year we ever weren't home. Okay, so last year but was the aberration. Okay. Last year was the weird year. But we also, away. we but usually have... Usually there's someone here. Either a sibling or grandparent or grandparents. Did he came or, once? Yeah, one of Lori's friends might be here. I don't it's, have siblings. I have friends. It's been very rare that it has just been the four of yeah, us on Christmas COVID. morning. And like my dad came at some point that year, but not like all day. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was just it was just really nice. And... We had our bigger Christmassy dinner the night before on Christmas Eve, which was more labor intensive as far as not as far as I was concerned. You did stuff. Did I for Christmas Eve dinner? What did you I do? You checked the temperature of the ham. That's true. I had to walk uh, down the street. We were using our neighbor's 
oven as a as a as an extra oven because they're out of town and we're watching their cats and we needed the extra oven space so I was back and forth down the street a couple times but basically Lori does Lori handles the the big holiday meals as she did on Christmas Eve and then on Christmas one of the smarter things that Lori has decided upon in her life after of course uh, me is that on Christmas she makes a lasagna but she has made the lasagna a day or two before or a week before and it's either in the freezer or the fridge and then on christmas don't do shit you don't do anything in the kitchen you just take the tray of lasagna and you put it in the oven and that's the big meal on christmas night and it's it's delicious it's perfect one time Lori was like what if i don't make lasagna this year no wait i because the kids didn't like it when they were little lasagna it's kind of hard to eat and they would they were complaining it was covid year it was 2020 and I said, what if I don't make lasagna for Christmas? And Bob goes, well, when are you making lasagna then? Right. It's not. Oh. Right. Because I go the <laughs> whole year and it's not like we don't ever have lasagna. Like maybe there'll be it like a. It takes a while to make. Yeah, it's lasagna, a one-off. Lasagna is so a, a once a year thing? For us, it's yeah. A, it's, it's a pain, a pain in the ass to make. to make a lasagna. We're not like some Italian grandmothers hanging out in the in the kitchen for 12 hours a day. Like it's you know it's a pain in the ass to make a lasagna. It's easy to buy a frozen lasagna at the Costco or what have you, and I might do that once once a year if there's They're so not as good. And yeah, there's just doesn't even compare. It's just not the same. There's thing no at like all. a halfway there kind of shortcut where like it will give you some of the, the you the yes stuff and... you could do a lasagna with just the noodles and not make your own sauce, and okay. it's just not as good. Yeah. Lori's lasagna is great. I'm not. She's not gonna make make it on Christmas. It's like, all right, lady, when are you making Last my year fucking I made it lasagna? On New Year's. Then, <laughs> if you're not gonna make it on Christmas, I'm getting my lasagna at some point. <laughs> it's part of this whole arrangement here. <laughs> anyway, very good Christmas. And I, again, I don't want to uh, suggest that we won't ever do Christmas with family again. But it is it is nice, especially our kids. Like we only have so many of these left. Like our kids are eleven and nine now. Like they're already like on the verge of of being awful human beings. Like they're not going to want to even do Christmas in a few years. When like, does that uh, tick in? Like thirteen, fourteen? When- yeah, they'll just want money or the expensive few specific things they asked for. And it won't be exciting. There won't be any joy in it. All of the joy is gone from it in just a short amount of time. My daughter is like leaping. Katie was so amped. She's like jumping off the walls for the last week. Like, and for the last month, she's been like, oh, I wish it was Christmas Eve. I wish it was Christmas Eve now. <laughs> I was like, no, because then it'll be over. Like, if, if you had had Christmas Eve the very first time you asked for it, it'd be the end of March already by now, is the, the way that the, you're trying to warp time. And like, that would suck. Enjoy the anticipation of it. And that goes away. Like, that, that is, we only have like three or four years of that left at, if that... at the most, probably. Is it- the peers that people meet in school, like what, or just the age, just like you just age out. out no, of it. it's like age. Even, okay. It's age when they know how it all works. When they know it's like, okay, I want these things. Yeah. They're probably not going to get me all of those things. What are they going to get me? What do I want most? Like, I'd rather not have any of these things to just get this one thing, but they don't want me to have it because it's a cell phone. Like, it's going to be not fun. Okay. It's going to be kind of nice 
And they'll so just the... they'll do Christmas morning and then they'll just want to go hang out with their friends or go on their phones in their rooms. Yeah, like our kids got a laser gun, like Calvin got a laser gun set and was just fucking thrilled. Like, do you know how, like, that, he's 11 years old. Do you know, I mean, like, I would be kind of, I'd be impressed with a laser gun set now at 40, I guess. But there's a whole long period of time between now and then where, like, ah, you don't fucking care, right? Like, it's, we're going to go from... Like this, his entire life revolves around. It's fun right now. Yeah, yeah. he has fun doing things. Yeah, and anyway. puberty ruins everything. It really does. Yeah. It is exactly what's coming, and it's going to be terrible. And that's why they should go to boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. How about see your, your Christmas? Uh, how about your Christmas, Abe? Did you uh, see family or anything? Did you take advantage of the extended weekend and do anything fun? Or so you... I had uh, extra days off from work uh, th- this weekend. Like I was off since Wednesday, so I watched a lot of movies. I also went to uh, go watch my Colts play the Falcons. I was like, oh, they're going to be in town, and I was going to go see it with uh, with my brother and a couple other people. Uh, my brother didn't end up making it so just like three other friends that came with and uh just a terrible outing for the colts uh yeah colts looked real bad on on sunday but then like everybody else lost that uh is in competition with them so like nothing changed the colts came in in the same place that they left the day very bizarre weekend slate of football where just like teams are supposed to be good or not playing well and they're losing yeah the 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 in the hunt graphic is is just the saddest thing i think i've ever seen (laughs) It's like because the, the in the oh, hunt group six, six and nine in the hunt like oh <laughs> why who wants to watch these playoffs what are you talking about what's unusual is that the in the hunt participants are could also be in the hunt for the top like basically you could be either in the hunt for the last playoff spot or like a top three pick <laughs> right like you're in the hunt in either direction which is not a very good sign. Uh. Um, the Giants, and, uh, the Giants almost beat the Rotten Eagles this weekend on uh, on Christmas night. Healy Ringo said no. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they they pulled my boy Tommy DeVito in favor of uh, Tyrod Taylor, and Tyrod almost brought him back. Uh, yeah. He threw a pick in the end zone to end the game. But uh, yeah, football stinks this year. There's no, yeah. all these teams are bad. And the, the strategy Chief, is just to constantly change quarterbacks i mean you can't do it with the chiefs i don't know what's going on over there they, they seem to be i didn't watch the, the chiefs this weekend but i've seen enough of their games and it seems like the most consistent thing is that their players are dummies who keep dropping the football yes the like, receivers are just like just the dumbest fucking stop being dummies who drop the football all the time and the chiefs would have like 14 wins i think but uh but they're not getting your head maybe it's like a in your head kind of thing like the, it's like once you kind of missed one catch it's like now it's in your head and you miss every yeah, other but like, catch you're a professional football yes. player get over it yes like i get it for once but like okay move along we didn't talk yeah. about uh, uh travis kelsey and taylor swift much at all on the podcast no, this why year would we uh because we wouldn't do that because that would be terrible but <laughs> is travis kelsey so like he's had a big push this last year and my in terms of like his media presence like he's he went from being uh, just a fucking big galoot tight end in the NFL <laughs> like a big dummy uh tight end in the NFL who's got that he's got that stupid like completely unanimated face that that like resting slouch of a face 
where the mouth is always a little open and the eyes are always a little droopy. He reminds me. It's not hostility. I'm just accurately describing him. I love my cousin Brian. Uh, I'll leave the last names out of it for now. But my cousin Brian has the same face, which is like. I would never have put them in the same. That's funny. Not in terms of the the their physical look, although not entirely dissimilar, and not because both of them might be accused of adopting a little bit too much of another culture than their own in the way that they present (laughs) in the world. Not for those reasons, although similar also there in terms of perhaps uh, a a great appreciation for the African-American culture in terms of you know, they just, the, the sorts of music that they like and the movies right. or the, the, the stars that they like to follow on Instagram or what have you. Who knows uh, why that might be. But Travis Kelsey has got a stupid look to him. Not Brian, but Travis Kelsey just looks like a stupid person. When you just look at his face, he's got that <laughs> resting white dude of a dummy sort of face. I don't, I'm You're not, not wrong saying there. he's stupid or a dummy. No, I'm not saying like... he's stupid or a dummy. I'm saying he has the face of a, a stupid dummy. <laughs> and until a year ago, that was fine. He was just a football player, right? Like nobody right. fucking cared. And then all of a sudden, it's like he woke up one day and he was looking around. And he's like, wait a second. This fucking Rob Gronkowski guy is in all these goddamn commercials, and he's just a big galoot dummy of a, of a former NFL tight end. I'm still out here uh, uh, making plays and winning Super Bowls Leaving and stuff. Leaving money on the table. Why am I not the most famous uh, big dummy of a tight end in terms of uh, the National Football League? And like, there was a concerted effort to, to shove Travis Kelsey into our faces this year in 2023. And Before? Before the relationship, before, you, before yeah. the Taylor Swift thing, yeah, like he he was the he was the face of the Pfizer, like you can do two things, uh, ad right. campaign where it's like get right. the flu shot and the the COVID vaccine at the same time. He's he joined uh, Patrick Mahomes with the the State Farm Jake from State Farm auto right. ads. He's a big dummy in those too. Like he, yeah. he, there's there's a number of them, and. Uh, he's not a charming person. Like I don't understand what it I is. I don't like that, him. Like I don't like him at all. Yeah, it's, it's only I mean, he's a good tight end, right? He's good at his position. Yeah. Right? So yeah, but what does that and, have to do with anything? <laughs> I know, but they, they, they will usually will trot you out. I, I mean, maybe the fighter thing, like he volunteered. Maybe other people just didn't want to do it. And then, like with a uh, State Farm, like his buddy is in it. He's like, hey, can we get my guy in this too? So like he had an in that way. But like, is there? Because, you know, Gronk is on a lot of, like, USAA commercials and yeah. other commercials, Boy, those right? are getting dumber, too, aren't they? The, I mean, not yeah. the, not turning into commercials are stupid sort of podcast, but those are awful. The, <laughs> let's just let's just pun on the word serve for 14 yes. years. Yes. That's, that's going to be our entire ad campaign. We're going to pun on the word serve for as long as possible. And we're going to make the – we're going to make an insurance product – be something that Rob Gronkowski is weirdly passionate about becoming a customer of, even though he's not allowed in the club, right? right? Like he's, yeah. he just so desperately <laughs> wants to be part of the, to buy insurance from these people, but they won't let him. Like it's this weird Sisyphean, this, this awful existential battle that Rob is in for the rest of his life. I, I do wonder, like, I mean, this is kind of, we're talking uh, on a previous uh episode about like there were those like very expensive cards that are being promoted in these uh during a football season Mm -hmm. and like the audience or the potential audience for that vehicle 
there can't be that many of them. And like with USAA, I mean, there's more because you either have to have served or be a family member of someone who has, but it's still a, like, it's weird how they're putting all this effort into these uh, products that they're selling that are very limited. It's not like Kit Kat, where everyone can eat it. Like, it's like, (laughs) oh, this thing that you have to have $135,000 to get. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I want to talk about Travis Kelsey. Although, uh, like the, his stupid face and how right. uh, he does have he, a stupid he, face. Yeah. Uh, but the the fact that he's in a relationship with uh, Taylor Swift allegedly, I think it's all part of this whole. Like, I'm not usually one of these. Uh, like, I don't care if the Hollywood types have fake relationships coming out of movies or whatever for the PR. Like, all right, right. whatever. Like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but my suspicion is that the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey thing is as much a symptom of Travis Kelsey's desire to be more famous in the world uh, than it is anything to do with like a, a, a an actual love connection or what have you. Like this is this is part of whatever PR push he's on that landed him in uh, 15 commercials during every single NFL broadcast is the same reason that he is in this Taylor Swift relationship. I, now. I mean, that, that would explain it from his side of things, but what's in it for Taylor Swift? I don't know. Making all the money in the world. And this, he's dialing up the charm. You know, maybe his face is dumb, but like maybe he's a very uh, affable fella in person. I don't, <laughs> he doesn't seem that way. I he had like a dating show from this. what I hear. Yeah. I, and we've, I, I don't know about you guys. I, my only exposure to Travis Kelsey's personality is like the immediate post-game sideline interview thing where he's very unlikable and like cocky and gross and mad and and whiny sometimes like when things don't go his way he's not the most like he doesn't take it all in stride out there he seems not likable and dumb and Taylor Swift he's the dumb he's the dumb brother too like his brother right his brother brother seems great he seems awesome like I would like to know that guy except for the Eagles aspect of it whatever He seems the other. What's his name? Jason. Jason. I think, yeah. He yeah. seems great. The younger Kelsey. I don't know a lot about Taylor Swift. Like I don't follow her at all. But I'm surprised that that's what she's into. Yeah, look at that stupid Like, it's face. not what that's I, when I first thought, we have talked about this. It's like she got a fucking dog, like a real dumb dog <laughs> that she like. That's kind of, yeah. When we first, I swear we talked about this. I don't think we did. When I first saw on some social media scrolling something about Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey dating, I was so sure that it was like a bot. Oh. Yeah. Like not just completely made up. I was so sure that I didn't even think about it. And then like a few days later, I kept hearing about it. And I was like, wait, that's real? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, the I'm 2023, uh, my year in Google would be like, if if there were a list of the number of times I saw something in my Google news feed that I did not click on, like that has to be the, the top story that the Google News feed tried to shove down my face in 2023 that I used all of my the all of the willpower uh, that I could center into my thumb 
Uh, like, not that I was tempted, but like every once in a while, a headline will, will it'll grab yeah, you. A headline will be good. And it's like, ah, God, I kind of want to click it. Just to, I know it's fucking bullshit. And I know I'll have to read four paragraphs of nonsense in order to get to the one, like, four-word right. quote taken out of context that allowed them to write the headline in the first place. But I didn't do it. Uh, but it didn't stop Google from trying to shove uh, uh, tra- Travis and Taylor down my throat all year long. And I, I do not appreciate it, Google. But yeah, I don't know what I mean. I don't know. She's got she's got a long list of uh, of former boyfriends, and none of them seem like as outright dumb as uh, yeah. That, as like he they're does, artsy. Right? Like, she dates maybe, musicians, but maybe that's why she's uh, charting a new course. Like, oh, that good looking heartthrob guy thing didn't work out. They're all fucking dullards, and I'm gonna go with this guy who's got no, more. No, he's cute. The, on what's the his name? Jason. Jason Kelsey Tra- is a very Travis. good looking person. Travis. They yes. both whatever. The younger one, they're both attractive. The younger one is not a part of the attractive. Look at, look, at, look, at pictures of, look at pictures of Travis Kelsey from like his college days and tell me I again. Don't look, but that's not, I'm talking, but now. He's had a makeover. Like part of this whole PR push in 2023 okay. with him is that he. Date someone post makeover. So what? No, yeah, I'm just saying. Like he's not a, like he's a. What is your problem with Travis I'm not, Kelsey? I'm not saying wigger, all right? I, I'm not saying wigger. You cannot try to convince me to say wigger. But what he uh, looks like is, you can't tell what he yeah, acts like. Yeah, you're a like. product of the environment What's you were raised in. You know, Maybe Jake, this is uh, the, the dominant influence. Younger Kelsey? <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Why is it so hard? Because Jason all, and all Travis need are the to same name. About how successful your PR push in 2023 was, uh, Travis, is that my l- wife still can't say your, can't figure out your goddamn name. Uh, here as the year comes to a close. Anyway, he's a big, dumb-looking motherfucker. Why is the dog barking? As this only mustache look is awful. But other... Yeah, he does look dumb. But, like, girls are into that sometimes. What's older, Kelsey? Jason? Jason, yeah. Jason, Kelsey's more like, uh, you know, like your your dad botted, like... Yeah, uh, way better. Handsome fellow with the full beard He's sort of thing. Hefty fellow, right? Yeah. Belly. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's that's CIB wrapping up the year in pop culture 2023. That's, <laughs> that's how we do it here. Uh, before we get into the, I want to go through our predictions from last year. We're not going to make predictions uh, for 2024 until next week, but uh, we will go through our long list of predictions that we made. Uh, at the start of the year to see uh, what we got wrong and what we got right. Uh, before we do that, one piece of news that I think is worth a uh, worthy of a quick discussion is the Supreme Court is going to have to determine whether or not Donald Trump is going to be allowed on primary and presidential ballots in 2024 uh, because of what the Colorado Supreme Court has recently decided, which uh, we didn't talk a lot this year about these lawsuits, although they have been proceeding in a number of states and up to this point have failed in a number of states, Colorado now being the major exception, which is that sort of activist Republican types, I think they were all Republicans anyway, took this legal theory that Trump is dispermitted from appearing on uh, the presidential ballot because he committed an insurrection. And according to Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, those who engaged in, and I'm not going to go look up the exact wording here, but the exact wording is, of course, important. But those who engaged in or in, or incited insurrection against the United States will not be permitted to be office holders 
of uh, United States government offices moving forward. This was passed in the wake of the Civil War, uh, 14th Amendment, of course, 1865, 1866, something like that, when it went into effect. And the reason for it uh, was that there was concern that actual traitors, uh, people who had rebelled against the Union and declared themselves uh, for the Confederacy and then fought a war for the dissolution of the country, uh, would somehow end up back in office. And the framers of the 14th Amendment uh, and those who would uh, go on to pass it sought to prevent that eventuality from happening. And so what they're doing with Trump is to say, well, look, he incited and encouraged an insurrection. He is therefore an insurrectionist and should therefore be disqualified from ever holding office in the United States again at the federal level, including the presidency. Now, that is an open question as to whether or not the 14th Amendment even applies to the office of the presidency, because it does not specify, although earlier drafts of the 14th Amendment did single out the presidency and the vice presidency as as you being disqualified from those positions, the final text of the 14th does not. And there's reason to believe that that's because they didn't want to single out the presidency and the vice presidency to to say that you are disqualified from holding those offices because of the way that we selected a president in 1865, right, which is that there was an electoral college. And so they disqualified people from holding a seat on the electoral college, assuming essentially there being no insurrectionists on the electoral college, they would not in their right minds then go on to promote an insurrectionist to the presidency. Uh, In part because there's there's a a good reason to, to suggest that if you give this sort of power to the states to eliminate certain individuals from uh, the presidential ticket, then what you are doing there is you are incentivizing political actions in one state to be uh, sort of punitive on all of the other states, right? Where Texas can sort of do this thing that says, we're so against this uh, other person, we're not even going to let him on the ballot. So there's zero chance that any of our electors will vote for him. That doesn't just impact people in Texas, that has a drastic impact on the people in all of the many states, not just in Texas. And so there's reason to believe that the 14th Amendment does not specify the president for a good reason, which is that they weren't actually trying to prevent insurrectionists from becoming president because they believed that the safeguards were already in place to prevent that sort of thing from happening. That's just one one avenue on which uh, this this argument is being had. The question of whether or not Donald Trump is an insurrectionist uh, has to be considered at the very least in, as a matter of public opinion, an open question, right? Because certainly some 40% of the country believes that the election was stolen from him in 2020. And that therefore any action that he took up to and including all of the awful shit right. that we saw on January 6th, and to what extent he's responsible for that, uh, people, uh, uh, mileage may vary, right? Uh, people just think, ah, he's just giving us uh, given free speech there to say whatever he wants to say. And then the, the idiot took it too far, uh, perhaps, will be some of the rationalizations that are done. I don't agree with those rationalizations, but uh, there's no denying the fact that uh, 
whether or not Donald Trump is an insurrectionist is a matter of judgment, and it is not something that has been adjudicated by any relevant legal authority up to this point, including certainly uh, Jack Smith, who's the lead uh, Trump's lead federal antagonist at this point. He's the guy who's indicted indicted Trump uh, multiple times over the summer, and elected not to indict Trump on the charge of insurrection, unlike Congress did. Right. So the House of Representatives in January of 2021 charged Trump with insurrection in the that the sole article of impeachment for the second impeachment and voted to impeach right and then he was not convicted in the senate and that's the that that those are the the legal words that are used he was not convicted of that one charge of insurrection and that's the only time that this question has been adjudicated in anything like a court of law up to this point and so now just some random selection of judges in Colorado has apparently decided that in their judgment Donald Trump did an insurrection on January 6th or contributed to an insurrection enough to be barred from the ballot in 2024. Uh, setting aside the disastrous consequence yeah. that that would have on sort of the institutional faith that a fully half of this country has, if not if not more than that, because I think ultimately you're looking at not just virtually all Republicans, but also a smaller amount of Democrats who would be like, well, that doesn't seem fair, right? Like a, we have this system where uh, we get to choose and it shouldn't be a bunch of judges who are just deciding all of a sudden that this guy doesn't belong on the ballot. At the last minute, no less. Yeah. Right. At the at the last minute here, as we go, as we're now just a matter of weeks away uh, from the very first primary contests getting underway here heading into 2024. So like I fully expect that again, this is not a prediction show, but I will uh, spoiler on my uh, one major political or, or news prediction of 2024. I fully anticipate that the Supreme court in a nine zero ruling will, will overturn this from the Colorado Supreme court and say that this is nonsense that you cannot, we're not going to put States in the position of, disqualifying whoever they choose to disqualify from the presidential ballot that the people ultimately are going to be uh, who decides this. And if Donald Trump were convicted in a federal court of law of charges related to insurrection, maybe then we can have the conversation about uh, whether or not a president is supposed to be uh, is an office holder in the way that the 14th Amendment attempts to to sort out. And I do, I think that there's a huge problem. This is something that I've been on about, uh, you and I have been talking about for years now, which is that the the fundamentals of how we do elections in this country have changed in important ways. And, and yet we hold on with the vestige of the Electoral College, this weird sort of appendix of uh, the electoral system that uh, no longer functions at all in the way that it was designed to function. And that, that it's sort of the problem when you have these sorts of – progressive isn't the word for it – but the, these sorts of changes to the system uh, without addressing the underlying – thing like they they've changed the way the electoral college works in the same way that they've changed how senators are elected in an important way which then makes it less meaningful that the senate exists as like this the senate was supposed to be there to represent the interests of the state but now it's just a popularly elected position and therefore the argument that like somehow the senate is there to rep- like your two senators are there to stand as the representatives of the state legislature and the and the governing authority in your 
state is utterly nonsense now because you're just a popularly elected goon like all of the other politicians. So it's not, you don't have that level of remove anymore. And so, like, these are the sorts of changes that get made in the name of progress or in the name of uh, greater democracy or whatever. But if you don't, at the same time, adjust the underlying fundamentals, then you end up with these weird contradictions where you're like, well, Donald Trump isn't an office holder in the United States because we have the Electoral College, which is supposed to stand as a bulwark between the whims of the crazy populace who would elect a, a populist asshole demagogue like Donald Trump in the first place, right? But if you've knocked down that barrier to entry for Donald Trump, then can we consider him someone who now is an office holder in terms of the 14th Amendment? We don't know. That now becomes something that we have to figure out these many years later because we didn't fix the thing as we were changing things uh, as we went along. I apologize yeah. for monologizing. <laughs> Abe and I, I are my here. Point. Jesus. <laughs> I apologize for, monolo- for, for monologuing like that. that. Might be a new record. I doubt it. Come on. But uh, it, it, tell, me, tell, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me that and and again, I'm not even halfway done. I could keep going because th- this is a big, crazy thing with a, a million different arms and places to go. But the bottom line for me is that this is a, a seven-seat Supreme Court in Colorado, all nominated by Democratic governors to uh, extended terms. It was a split 4-3. They're not all Democrats. There are a, like a Republican on this court, and there's a couple of uh, non-politically affiliated or non-declared people anyway. But it's safe to assume that this is uh, this is a fairly left-leaning court, and this was not an anonymous decision – or anonymous. This was not a, a, a unanimous decision. This was 4-3. And it was obvious in reading the opinion of the court, not not even the anonymous. dissent, but reading the opinion of the court – they recognized sort of how fraught and heavy this sort of a move was and to me sort of opened themselves up to an, an easy overturn. Tell me, tell me where I'm wrong here and do you think it's important as I do that the, the court turned this down 9 nothing with, without any of the liberals dissenting just because they don't like Donald Trump? Like I don't – believe me, I don't want this guy to be president as much as or more than anybody else you know. But the idea that this is the way to do it or this is a way of achieving that, like I, I just really hope that – like I, I fully expect Kagan to be on the right side of this. I, I worry about Sotomayor who's uh, uh, not as wise as she was billed in the uh, lead up to her nomination and in during her confirmation. And I don't know about Jackson enough at this point. But my hope is that this goes 9 nothing because I think it's important in terms of smacking down this sort of argument. Uh, moving forward, because like the, in the immediate aftermath of it, you had the asshole from Texas, uh, uh, Ken Paxton, the AG from down there, being like, well, uh, tomorrow <laughs> I'm going to be looking into throwing yeah. Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas, because uh, like apparently we can do this now. Because all if all it takes is getting some judges to agree that this person did or encouraged insurrection, I'm sorry, but this isn't going to go the way that you want it to go. Right. Uh, so, so a couple of thoughts. Uh, one, I, I do... Uh, my, the, the concern remains that I had the last time we talked about this is that the, the Supreme Court of the United States is going to find a way to dodge the issue. Like they don't want to answer these issues that need to be addressed. Like does the – for instance, does the 14th Amendment uh, Section 3 apply to the president and vice president? Like they're not going to – like if they do a near unanimous or unanimous decision, they're going to say no to what the Supreme Court of Colorado did. But they're not going to go into detail to say, like, in a hypothetical, you know, like a president could be uh, 
barred if they were found guilty of right. insurrection. But since they have not been found guilty of insurrection, the the 14th Amendment does not apply for that reason. Like if they said that, then that, that would be helpful in the process. You know, I remember the the travel ban, the Muslim-majority country travel ban uh, that uh, Trump passed early on in his uh, term – or he tried to pass. It took a few attempts. Like the first, the first one that they tried to pass, the Supreme Court came back saying no, not quite. Like basically, they were kind of using Supreme Court to tailor the law to where they would accept it. And so I'm wondering if like there's this effort now to, okay, maybe this is not going to take. Like maybe the Supreme Court of the United States is going to say, well, he hasn't been found guilty of insurrection. So what are you talking about? But we get a little bit more information to say that. The president would be uh, uh, barred if they were. Then maybe they can use that information to take some other action, right? I don't know if this is a fishing expedition, uh, because if it's not, then this whole thing, this whole gambit, is not going to work, right? It's not. It's going to be a near unanimous or unanimous decision. Uh, there's no scenario I see where they would say, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, if you think he did it, then yeah, that's fine. Uh, I don't see that happening, but. The hope is that more information can come to light from the Supreme Court. What is their position on this, right? And if they don't answer that question, then well, they won't do that. They they will they they're, they're certainly not going to answer any of the right those underlying issues. They will simply say you can't do this because you don't have the authority to ha- like you can't have this sort of an impact on the on the other states is what it comes down to right. for me is so and that they- will be. That will be right. the question that they're answering. Right. But then the, the, the problem that I, uh, I foresee is that there's, what, three cases that's kind of come before the Supreme Court related to Trump and running for office. Uh, the other one is like the immunity issue. Like if they're punting on the major issues because they find a technical out, like then they're not really doing – they're not doing a service to all the people underneath them, the courts underneath them. All right. As far as how sure. to proceed. Convict him of insurrection then and then let Donald Trump take it to the Supreme Court as to whether or not he's an in, whether or not the 14th Amendment applies to him as somebody who's been convicted of insurrection. But then if, if they if that happens and and then the Supreme Court say yeah yeah you it didn't apply anyway then then you were just jerking the whole country around. Like you never like you had an opportunity to say so. Like why are we even going through this additional step if this person is not beholden to this this particular amendment? Right, because they were a president. Like, what's the point of going through that extra step if they? Why are they holding this information from people if they truly believe it? That that's the problem that I have. Why not just tell them, hey, you, this wouldn't apply anyways. What are you doing? Yeah, I don't. I think it's in part it's because of something that I said during my lengthy fucking monologue there, uh, which is that we have not sorted out the changes that we have made to the way that we elect the president is not reflected in the constitution in an important way. Like the ongoing existence of the electoral college as this rubber stamp essentially of the will of the people in your state rather than a deliberative body that decides, yeah, I don't know. But why does that matter? I'm I'm confused about that part. I mean, the, the president of the United States and the vice president, those are office holders. They hold the office of those positions, right? So, like, why is that different than... So, then why... I don't know. Why in earlier drafts of the 14th Amendment, it specified both the president and the vice president? Because maybe they thought, why do we need to go out of our way to to, to mention those two things? Office holder applies to all anyway, so maybe just a a sense of clarity, they got rid of it. Like, why why do we need to 
qualify those two offices. It's when because we mean of all the offices. unique way that the that the that that you come to be in that position as president or vice president. It's because this is not something. This is not a political appointment, right? And this is not something that the people vote on. This is a deliberative choice of the electoral college that they make, right? According after uh, essentially after receiving the advice and consent of the people who are permitted to vote, right? It's because it's a different it is a fundamentally different office than any other office in the United States. It's still States. an office. I mean like so, I mean cause the okay, I mean to me it would be bizarre land to 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 say that a president and, and a vice president can incite insurrection, and the Fourteenth Amendment can do anything about it. Like that seems to be kind of odd. Like the president can behave in that way. I mean, especially like if you're going to be a demagogue type of candidate, it would be somebody at that position, like a president type of position. And so, like, why wouldn't that apply to them? To me, I think like it's going to fall apart on the the fact that the president was never found guilty of insurrection so it doesn't matter but like this a second point i mean if he was found guilty then the the amendment would would fit like a glove to me like i mean you're an office holder hey you fucked up off you go i'm going to read this from uh this is from an article in slate by Lawrence Lessig uh legal scholar and political activist not a fan of trump not that that matters and a professor at, at Harvard. The headline of this piece is uh, the Supreme Court must unanimously strike down Trump's ballot removal. And then the the part where he, he goes through this question of office holder, I think, will help here. The puzzle in Section 3 is that it seems as if the framers of that text were just sloppy in their enumeration. The clause bars insurgents from being a, quote, senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or to hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state. End quote. The obvious question is why they would enumerate senator or representative, not to mention elector of president, but not the president. Defenders of the Section 3 argument suggest this was a mere drafting error, but that the clause applies to the president nonetheless, since the president occupies an office under the United States, as Abe has uh, just been saying here. And in any case, these lawyers argue it would be absurd to read the clause to apply to every elected official, including electors for president, but not the president. Again, this is sort of what Abe has just said. Uh, Law professor Kurt Lash has shown that the crafting of Section 3 to omit the president was not an oversight, as his work shows an earlier draft of the clause expressly mentioned the president. That mention was removed, and many digital trees have been felled to address a related issue, whether the president is properly described as occupying an office of the United States. At best, the work is ambiguous, though the Colorado Supreme Court made a strong argument that the president is uh, but that what is not ambiguous is whether it would be absurd to exclude the president from the reach of Section 3, because it is plainly not absurd. Indeed, excluding the president and vice president from the scope of the clause makes perfect sense. Lash argues that it could make sense because the framers of that clause likely expected it to apply to Civil War insurrectionists alone. No one, he argues, feared an insurrectionist presidential candidate after 1865. What they feared was insurrectionists in Congress. Other parts of the 14th Amendment are plausible read as targeting of the civil 
targeting the Civil War alone, this clause on that understanding could be so read as well. But even if one assumes that Section 3 was meant to be prospective, there is an obvious reason why the only two nationally elected officers would be excluded from its reach. It took mere moments after the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling to see why, as Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick threatened to remove President Joe Biden from the Texas ballot as retribution. You see, with every other officer excluded under the provision, the state official or state court affecting that exclusion would feel the political costs of their decision alone. If the Missouri Secretary of State decides that Josh Hawley was an insurrectionist for both advancing a plainly illegal theory under which Congress would reverse the electoral votes of Pennsylvania and for rallying the rioters on January 6th with his now famous salute, then Missouri and its voters will bear the political costs of that decision alone. Its act would not impose a cost on other states. But if state officials from blue states can remove red state candidates or vice versa, that state bears no cost. Instead, it gains a political victory. In the language of economics, the decision imposes an externality on the nation, which is exactly the kind of decision that states alone should not be making for other states. Such behavior is obvious to lead to a tit-for-tat and a breakdown of our entire electoral system. Right. So, so let's, let's assume that, just for sake of argument, that everybody agrees that Trump incited an insurrection, right? So that's not an, an issue, right? That's a settled issue, just so we can focus on the application of this amendment and section. Are they saying, based on that reading, that the president, a former president, could run for president again, but they couldn't run for senator? They couldn't run for a member of Congress. They couldn't run for a lower-level position. They couldn't even become a member of the Electoral College, correct. But they could still, under this reading, still run for the highest office in the land, but just, oh, God, we need to protect the lower-level position. Yes, because there are other safeguards in place that would prevent him— Obviously not. Well— like okay, what? but what do you mean? Like what? Like the entire? Like what? I mean, what? What other alternative? I mean, like me, two hundred like, million the... people showing up to the ballot and saying we're not going to have this asshole be the president again, or or but, I mean, or the electoral you, college, for... the electoral college uh, actually doing its job and saying this guy is not fit for the office, and we as the final uh, stopgap between total disaster and the will of the people uh, need to put our foot down here. Right. The the, the point is that there are any number of other ways in which this person can be prevented from reaching this office that are entirely uh, within the realm of normal politics that don't involve uh, uh, rando uh, Supreme Court justices or lieutenant governors in states deciding we're not going to put this guy on the ballot because we don't like him. And I'm not saying that it's an unjustifiable thing, right? I'm not saying it's completely unjustifiable that Donald Trump uh, 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 is an insurrectionist or engaged in rebellion against the Constitution or something like that. I'm not saying that I necessarily agree. I'm just saying I understand the position. What I uh, am further saying is that it doesn't make any sense to put into the hands of lieutenant governors or secretaries of state or justices on state Supreme Courts who is an, who is not permitted to be on the ballot. It, 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 as it's saying, it imposes an external cost on other states. It, it makes it impossible, for example, if all of the blue states – that's the other thing – it's also just political gamesmanship nonsense because if we took Donald also, Trump off the ballot in California, all it would do is cause fucking mass chaos and consternation, and it wouldn't fucking matter because Donald Trump was never going to win in the first place in California. Right. But the problem is – the problem is not the deep blues and the deep red pulling 
the person who wasn't going to win right. those the electoral pro- the votes. Problem anyway, is that if, it's Georgia. If jo- right. If Georgia like suddenly decided we're not going to elect. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. So basically, yeah, Georgia is like uh, one of those examples, you know, Nevada, Arizona, Virginia, places arguably, where like yeah, – Pennsylvania. Yeah, where you have – right, where somebody could – like it's in play like Michigan. Michigan could in theory go to Trump, but you have a Democratic governor say, fuck that. We're going to deny them the opportunity. Like I mean that's when the, all the pieces fall apart. And, and for that reason and many other reasons, I think it's important to – to, if you're going to take this approach to do this well in advance, right? You can't be sneaking this up on the eve of 2024, right? But the Supreme Court should at least answer that question. I mean, like it wouldn't hurt, like to say, like this is a mood. Well, point they won't. Because, they, they simply won't. They right? need they they need somebody who has standing to actually bring that precise case, and nobody. Oh, I mean, not always. Then wasn't it, I mean they, they took a case on oh, where right, there's like right. imagined scenario. They, right? If they're if properly motivated, yes. But right, yeah. But to me, like they, this should be just you can knock this off. Like I mean, you you can't come to a conclusion one way or the other. Does this apply to the president and vice president, or does it not? Like I mean, that to me for like, me for me would be at least uh, a, game. a Lessig's explication of this other guy Lash's argument. Uh, holds up for me like it, it it's open and shut for me i don't think that it should apply i think to me because it, it, in no small part because there are other measures in place to prevent insurrectionists from becoming president of the united states and the sort of small bore politics of it that all of these other uh, parties are engaged in is not the way to prevent somebody right. from becoming uh, president of the united states I, I think it's an open and shut case because there has yet to be a finding of insurrection on right, Trump. Right, that so too. Like, that's another reason. Even... That's another door that's open and shut yeah. for me too. Yeah. Right. So basically, I mean, that to me is like the first door and it's like, okay, hello and goodbye. Do you like, think that Mitch McConnell like – I mean, uh, far be it for me to imagine that Mitch McConnell lives with regret at all in any small, small way. But see, I th- yeah, I, I think this goes back to the point you're saying there are all these other avenues, but they're not. You're th- he probably thought the avenues are there. Abe. You don't foreclose on the possibility just because it didn't. They are foreclosed. Just I mean, it he didn't thought happen. McConnell probably the- thought like, oh, he'll get a second, uh, you know, uh, uh, impeachment, but he won't be removed because he's leaving in like a few days anyway. But he will be tarnished, and uh, the system will resolve itself, and we'll move on to some, you know like a Haley or DeSantis or whatever candidate for 24, and we can take that approach. But people love this guy so much that like now, like egg on your face, the systems have fallen apart. Like all of the avenues are closed. What do you mean? There's no other avenue. This is it. We were 10 votes. We were were 10 votes away in the Senate from foreclosing on Trump in national politics in a meaningful way. He would still be doing his thing. He'd still have a a large social following or what have you. He'd still be showing up on all of the news channels uh, saying ridiculous things. But uh, if in February of 2021, the Senate had simply uh, remembered what it felt like on January 6th and remembered the things that they were saying in the wake of that and convicted, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation, and the the world would be what? like a demonstrably better place, and and twenty twenty four would be much less terrifying. And there would be, uh, and there would be an outside chance that Biden would have just said, "Okay, that's, I'm I'm gone." If you were to, oh, there would be a, a ninety percent you know. chance that Biden would have already been done, I believe. Uh, but whatever. Right. So so. 2024, you know, I know next week is the prediction show. It's shaping up to be like a very confusing messaging year because there will likely be multiple convictions of Trump, right, next year. 
If he's unable to delay, yeah, I mean, that'll yeah. be... A, Assuming he yeah. can't delay, and then there'll be multiple Supreme Court rulings giving the impression that it's okay that he did the thing that he did, right? Because there's going to be a near-unanimous decision on the Colorado thing, and, you know, just the layman, they're saying he's off the ballot based on this state Supreme Court, and Supreme Court of the United States said, no, everything is fine, and not only that, all, both sides, liberal and conservative, came to that agreement. People aren't going to read the, the ruling, right? So the messaging is going to be like, wait a minute, he's guilty, he's convicted of all these charges, but the Supreme Court is saying, eh, like... It's a misreading, but like, it's going to be perceived as like the Supreme Court giving the go-ahead on a criminal running for office. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't want to get any further into that right now because that's what we'll, we'll talk about next week, no doubt. And also much of the next year in news will be dominated with, uh, with such fun, questions. Fun, fun, fun. Um, I'm going to read a quick list here. I think that there are more famous dead people this year than usual. I think we have a, a, a larger— well, the boomers— yeah, because the boomers are getting old, and they're all kicking it at this point. And so we're going to have, I think, a pretty good run over the course of the next decade. We, we had some really good, like, World War II age people go out. Like, like Norman Lear yeah. was like 101, right? Like greatest that's, generation. That's super old. That's, that's greatest generation. That's, uh, that's people who, who could have fought in World War II. This is not uh, the boomers. But as the boomers age into their, uh, into their 80s and 90s, I think I think we're gonna. It's gonna be a very rich uh, list of dead folks moving forward. Abe, you tried to, of course, uh, uh, many years running now. And you'll notice I'm gonna go through this list. There's a Carter on this list, uh, yes. not Jimmy. Uh, Rosalind not Jimmy. is on this list. But real quick, I'm just gonna run through the list here: Tina Turner, Tony Bennett, Norman Lear, Harry Belafonte, Jimmy Buffett, Pat Robertson, Henry Kissinger, Rosalind Carter, Matthew Perry, Andre Brower. Bro, bro, her. He's the uh, black fella from Mm-mm. Homicide. Oh, Homicide. Uh, Life the homicide in the guy. Uh, he died uh, recently. Uh, Lance Reddick, another black fella, uh, also sort of a. St- Why do you say that? I'm allowed to say that. It's a it's a fine thing to say. Uh, a sto- another stoic, actorly black fella. He was in the uh, the John Wick movies. He died. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, Diane Feinstein, Daniel Ellsberg, Joe the Plumber. Remember Joe the Plumber? I don't have his real name here, but Joe the Plumber's dead. He wasn't Joe, right? He was something else. Or he wasn't a plumber, rather. He wasn't a plumber, wasn't a plumber. and he plumber. wasn't Joe. Uh, he was yeah. some sort of like Polish blue-collar stand-in yeah. who was also— He died like of some cancer, right? Something. Yeah, he was a terrible. relatively young man, but he's dead now. Uh, Alan Arkin, yeah. uh, great actor Alan Arkin. Uh, Richard Roundtree, Shaft, is dead. Raquel Welch, Bob Barker, Paul Rubens, Richard Belzer, Suzanne Summers, Jerry Springer, William Friedkin, Jeff Beck, David Crosby, Sinead O'Connor, Gordon Lightfoot, Burt Bacharach, Jim Brown, Bobby Hull, Bob Knight, Dick Butkus, Homer Jones. Who's Homer Jones, you ask? That's just the New York Giant wide receiver who invented— the Spike, Tim McCarver, Cormac McCarthy, Martin Amos, Charlie Munger, famous investor Charlie Munger, and Frank Borman. Frank Borman was an astronaut. He was on Apollo 8, and he had the following message on Christmas Eve, 1968. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And from the crew of Apollo 8, we close with good night.
God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth. I'm uh, not a uh, Bible enthusiast in terms of uh, my uh, personal belief structure, but I think arguably if you are among uh, the first three people uh, out there on Apollo 8 ever to get a, a look at uh, you've, you've now gone out to the moon and back, right? You didn't land on the moon, but you, you did the thing, the, the great big blue marble there, and it's Christmas Eve, and you can recite some fucking Genesis and talk about how the earth is good. Uh, you do it, right. right? And God bless all the people <laughs> of earth. That's when you are permitted to break out uh, that is the, one the Genesis. I'm uh, totally, to, to the totally fine. I encourage it, uh, but that guy is dead now, too. This guy, he did all of that, stuck the landing. Was Neil Armstrong the one that flubbed the, just a very small, like, you know, like a small step for a man? To be, well, it's not him. To be fair, uh, uh, Neil Armstrong didn't have uh, the, the good word printed out on a sheet of it paper. It was like two sentences. <laughs> they were like, you can remember this. I'm sure he was doing other things. You know, it's preoccupied, but come on, buddy. Yeah. Stick the line. He was, he was literally uh, setting foot on the surface of the moon. For the first time in human history, uh, a bit preoccupied. He's not going in, and he took the extra assignment on. Anyway, you'll note uh, Jimmy Carter not on that long list of names not, that I read, which is not an all-inclusive list, certainly, of all of the famous people. It's not uh, everybody that died. Who died. No, it's not. Although, uh, having read all of these names, this this can be like the – I'm sure there's been other years where it's just like a murderer's row of dead people, like just based on their I think 20 – there was a year that – Felt bad when Carrie Fisher died. There was that. Yeah, there was what? that year that Carrie. I feel like it all happened in like the last month of the year. It was year. December. It was. It was, yeah, like a, it, was, a, it was just like a real long December of dead celebrities. What year was the Betty White year? Where she's like, I'm still alive at 100, and then before the magazine year. came out, she died. Same year, I think. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm not saying it was a, a total outlier, but when I was reading through, like, I, I Googled up one of these uh, who died in 2023 lists. It seemed, one of these. It seemed like uh, like quite a quite a run of famous people this year. Uh, Can you get on with this? I'm getting on with it, yeah. All right. Here are the uh, uh, some of our predictions. Again, uh, Jimmy Carter, Abe, this is the main running prediction. Jimmy Carter, uh, you first predicted in 2022 that he would not survive the year. And the Queen. I don't know why you insist on. Because uh, uh, it wasn't it's, entirely it's, it's wrong. Like I mean, you're I wasn't killing the right her over again every single time you bring it up. It's very hurtful to <laughs> Look, the, uh, the British people. British have moved on. royal like America enthusiasts in our audience, yeah. of which there are many, get lots of emails every time you talk about the dead Queen, and I wish you would stop doing it. Jimmy Carter didn't die in 22. He did not yet die in 2023. Yes. You also uh, you doubled down on that prediction, saying that he would be dead before December of 2023. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, another mistake. Uh, <laughs> Although, it could turn out that he had been dead this whole time. And, and Yeah, I'm not sure he was technically alive at Rosalind's uh, funeral. Uh, right. <laughs> it didn't look great. Uh, and I'm not sure anybody's going up and, and taking his pulse. I don't think Strassman... <laughs> <laughs> Strassman did that for us. Uh, anyway, uh, Jimmy lives on, uh, at least as far as uh, the wide world is concerned. Uh, Stetson Bennett will not be drafted. We both believed that. That turned out to be incorrect. He was taken by Although, the Los Angeles Rams in the fourth round. It should be an asterisk. He's already washed out, out of the uh-uh, league. I mean, uh-uh, <laughs> uh-uh. He got drafted. He's choosing not to play football because Stetson Bennett does what the fuck he wants. Yeah, that's, that's what's happening. Uh, Tommy DeVito uh, 
has had a. We predicted that. No, no, no. I'm just saying Tommy DeVito <laughs> has had a better career than Stetson Bennett in sure, the NFL. Right. And uh, as I said to Abe, if you had told me a year ago now that Tommy DeVito will have a better career in the NFL than Stetson Bennett, I would have believed you, even though I, I would. You could have just made up the word Tommy DeVito. It was not connected to a real life human. I would have been like, yes, definitely that guy will be a better NFL quarterback than Stetson Bennett. All right, so we do not get credit for it, uh, but I think that the uh, the emotional truth of no. that of that prediction yes. is still I, true. I agree. Yes, it was no. emotionally true. Uh, the Bulldogs will not lose in 2023 was my prediction. Uh, notwithstanding the events of a disastrous uh, SEC championship, I was I was almost right, uh, <laughs> and and almost was anyway, even though it was a bad game. But uh, obviously, I, that was wrong. Uh, the year is going to be great. That was obviously Abe's prediction for 2020. And hasn't it been? All those poo-poo <laughs> No, Abe. Recession? Where's the recession? We'll get, we'll get to your recession talk, but you, you just said the year is going to be great. Uh, it has been. All right, Abe. Jimmy's still alive. Uh, your, mileage, like your mileage may vary uh, out there in the audience, but for me, it was a pretty good year. It was fine. Whatever. These are arbitrary distinctions anyway that we make, right, in terms of the calendar. Uh, yes. Movies and TV will continue to suck. That was that was me. Uh, Abe, what do you think? Is that uh, Did movies and TV suck in 2023? I'm going to pull up the top 20 at the domestic box office for 2023. We did the same thing last year when I said movies and TVs would suck in 2022 and we concluded uh that i was right so now we'll see i, I was gonna say you know i i was counting the number of movies i've seen this year so i'm at 73 uh the color purple which i've not yet seen it will be 74 and that'll be the last of it uh and i couldn't make a top five like of good like oh wow good movies. so I, you're getting so it's like that's not a good indicator. Of you the liked year. that Anatomy of a Fall movie. Yes, I think it's yes. Anatomy of a Fall is on Abe's top five. Oppenheimer, yes. maybe by default, ends Oppen- up on, t- on the top five. Godzilla minus one. I think two of the top five movies have been like the last month. Yeah. All right. So here we go. We got Barbie, uh, Super Mario Bros. movie, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and Oppenheimer. Out of those, I've only seen two of them. And one gets an enthusiastic thumbs up, and the Mario Brothers movie gets like, it was fine. It was what it had to be, I suppose. Uh, but not a great top five in terms of domestic box office, right? Right. And this, had, this was a relatively disastrous year for Disney at the theaters. Like, a lot of their movies, I mean, just went belly up. Right. So, Guardians their is their biggest movie of the year, and that only grossed three hundred and six, not even $360 million, which uh, sounds like a lot of money, but considering that the other entries in that franchise, I think, both cleared a billion or very nearly cleared yeah. a billion. And if you were to look at uh, movie predictions going into this year like so 22 into 23 there were a few billion dollar projections and a lot of them were disney related i don't think hardly any of them made it i mean like i don't think people projected barbie to be as good as i mean to make as much money as it ended up making barbie made 636 million dollars domestically and i think was over a billion uh globally but uh yeah both barbie and Oppenheimer were sort of surprise outliers as far as the amount of money that they made. Uh, Avatar ends up being uh, number seven 
on the domestic box office this year, even though it came out the year before. Uh, the Little Mermaid is number six. Ant-Man and the Wasp comes Ant-Man in. Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, number eight. Ant-Man made it top five, even though that, that was like kind no, of that's a... That's number eight. A, a, that's uh, okay. $214 million. Okay. Uh, John Wick... Chapter four was number nine, and then number ten is The Sound of Freedom, which is that uh, weird movie about child trafficking yeah, in pretty good too. Mexico. And then we have Taylor Swift, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, Transformers, Creed Three, Elemental, The Hunger Games, Fast X, Five Nights at Freddy's, and Puss in Boots is rounding out the top 20. Uh, not a great year in movies. I will, no. I will take that as a correct prediction and i think i'm gonna double uh, triple down on that um spoiler uh, 2024 not gonna be great i mean 2023 has no excuse i mean 2024 had that five month gap in uh activity due, due to the strike so it's projected to be not very good um uh, but 2023 had no reason to be this bad right all right, I, I predicted that Maverick would win the Best Picture Oscar. I was wrong on that. Uh, the Best Picture went to Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, correct, I believe? Yes. Uh, you predicted that Kate Blanchett would win Best Actress for Tar. She lost to Michelle Yeoh uh, for Everything, uh, Everywhere, All at Once. So you were wrong there. Uh, I said the war in Ukraine will not resolve. Putin will still be in charge in Russia, and that seems to be the case. Uh, Trump will not be in contention for the GOP nomination. I predicted that he would have cleaved himself off from the Republican Party at this point and be running as some sort of an independent or that what I predicted basically was a, a, a full split of the Republican Party in a meaningful way and that we would that the, the GOP oh, would see. implode in some meaningful fashion and we would have the, the Trump people go in one direction and the rest of the Republicans go Somewhere else, that did not happen, much to the detriment of uh, the American political situation, I would argue. So that was wrong. Uh, I said the McCarthy speakership will be the shortest in modern times. He will not be speaker by end of the year. And if if that was the full prediction, that gets a 100% tick mark, right? That, That would be exactly right. But I also qualified it as saying that this was this would happen because of the cleaving of the Republican party that, that, oh, I see. And that was, that was my prediction as to why, as it turns out, it was just fucking Matt Gates is a pain in the ass. And you gave Matt Gates too much power, uh, you dummy. And that's why you're not the speaker any longer. Cleave that off from your other prediction and get it right. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking full. I mean, I, I said the words McCarthy will have the shortest speakership in modern history. And that turned out to be exactly correct. So I'll take it. Uh, we both actually you, – you came around and said that McCarthy would not be the speaker by the end of the year. You agreed with me on that. Or you agree with me. I think I said it first. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> Repu- the Republican Party will devolve into something that looks like Israeli politics was part of my <laughs> prediction. And I think that I'm I'm going to go ahead and accept that as a win – this sort of increasing factionalism of Republican politics and the fact that, like, in order to govern, which they don't really have any interest in governing, but in order to govern, they need to pull together these very strange, conflicting parts of their party uh, that that don't really want to hold together anymore. Uh, and and the, the speakership fight that we just finished with and the speakership fight that is almost certainly to come in the next few months is indicative of that, that there, there's nothing that really coheres this party uh, that, that, that causes it to really stick together anymore. 
because Trump is 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 the only glue that exists, and a lot of them aren't interested in in Trump as glue. They just sort of pay fealty to him out of a fear that if they don't, they won't be part of uh, the conversation any longer. You know, like how especially in a two major party system that we have, like you 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 have two roles: one as like the party in government, and then you're also the opposition party when you're not. Like, the Republican composition right now, they're just like an opposition party. Like, there's no actual party in government kind of thing, unless it's a Trump-led government, right? So they're just kind of there to oppose right. what the Democrats are doing, but there's no actual plan to do anything uh, because you can't get enough votes because there, there are all these different factions, so you couldn't get to 218 to push something through, but you can get to 218 to prevent them from pushing something through. Right. Last couple of things on the list. Uh, Tom Brady will play quarterback in 2023. As far as uh, that was a that was something we both said, and we were both wrong. Oh, season's not over yet. That's true. And given Although, given that Joe <laughs> Flacco is out there slinging it uh, for a for a team that is in contention still. Not only in contention, but they have like an outside chance of getting the top spot in the AFC. It's remarkable how that already bad contract to get to Deshaun Watson is looking even worse as you go on. It's like you just plug in any bum right. and it'll be fine. Yeah, and it, who was it in Seattle when Geno Smith got hurt? There was another name that, that popped up that was like shocking to me. Who's Seattle's? Was it uh, Drew Locke? Yeah, Drew Locke. Yeah, from Missouri. Drew Locke of Mizzou winning a game. Yeah. For the Seahawks. Like, what the fuck is happening in the NFL this year? I'm surprised he didn't upgrade his name to Andrew Locke. You know, so there's no... Uh, <laughs> no, that's too good. No, I'm sure they did that on purpose. That's messy. Uh, I said... But there's only one of them in the league now. I said no SCOTUS vacancies, that there would be no uh, no deaths right. or otherwise abdications on the Supreme Court. That turned out to be correct. I said Biden will announce he's not seeking re-election. Uh, that did not happen. I believe at some point I also said that he would not seek re-election. He would pardon Hunter, and uh, we'd be we'd be on on with the next family. Uh, I I guarantee you that that it will be a prediction that I make next week. Uh, that, it, I mean, you're in pretty good position to make that prediction. Yeah, <laughs> you're the one going to be making it. And Abe said uh, no recession in 2023. I pulled up the the GDP numbers for. This year, and that was absolutely correct. At no point did we experience negative quarterly GDP growth. So, and I uh, used the uh, formula of like there are a lot of cranes out uh, outside where I live, and you can't have recession with all these cranes. How could there possibly? It's very Trumpy of you to look around. <laughs> They're building things up. I can see all the down. big trucks all over the place and be like, ah, things must be going pretty good in this country. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's play some Strassman. It's now time for America's favorite game show. Did Mark Strassman, CBS News's senior national correspondent, get off a good one? Right. Abe, I don't know where to go with Strassman this week. There are three Mark Strassman stories. How to choose? We've got. We've got Mark Strassman, a South Carolina mechanic, reaches a milestone in kindness. That's one headline. Uh, Wait, Strassman has the kindness beat? I thought that was the other guy. The, the Santa Claus the in Atlanta speaks Spanish, sign language, and English. Uh, I mean, that's sort of right up Strassman's alley. And then further, he did uh, some of 2023's good news stories in politics, entertainment, 
the economy and more on Face the Nation. It was it was a week that CBS was like, ah, we've been Strassman had a couple weeks off in the beginning of December, but you're getting the full Strassman here to close things out. So I don't even know how to choose. We're going to start at the very least with uh, with South Carolina and a milestone in kindness because it's such a it's such a nice feel good Christmassy sort of story out of the Palmetto State. Tonight in this season of giving, we return to rural South Carolina, where a local restaurant owner and part-time mechanic is in the giving spirit year-round. CBS's Mark Strassman reports on a milestone gift of kindness. Mr. Zacchaeus Kennard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Zach Kennard's first car was big local news in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, my gosh. He has a keys to your new car. The 19-year-old student got the 100th car Elliot Middleton has given away. As we first told you two years ago, this barbecue restaurant owner and trained mechanic knows his way under a hood. He takes donated clunkers, makes them run, and puts people without a car in the driver's seat. He makes sure applicants have a valid driver's license and a genuine need for a car. For single mom Jessica Litchfield, a 2004 Suzuki. This is a lifesaver. 86-year-old John Darby got a 1990 Mercedes. What? Free of charge. This is the, you are the third. Wow. I asked Middleton what keeps his engine running. The smiles on the faces when I donate a car. Got to do another one. Got to do another one. Got to do two more. How much longer can you do this? As long as my two hands can turn wrenches and my legs can keep moving, I don't see it ever stopping. With Elliot Middleton, there is such a thing as a free ride. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Mark Strassman, wow. CBS News, Charleston, South Carolina. All right, Dave. Did Mark Strassman, CBS News' senior national news correspondent, get off a good one in South Carolina this week? That was, uh, that was a good piece. Uh, yes. Yes, I will say so. Uh, I, I did like the uh, what keeps his engine running um, thing. Strassman gets off a good one. Also, Steve Hartman is the feel-good guy for CBS. I am surprised that uh, someone allowed this to air. This is not... That, that's his beat. Like, you can't steal his idea. He does all the heartwarming nonsense. Senior national news correspondent <laughs> Mark Strassman goes wherever senior <laughs> national news correspondent Mark Strassman wants to go, Abe. Uh, if anybody ever tried to give me a 2004 Suzuki, I think I'd punch them in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? I don't want this. What, are you out of your goddamn mind? Are you going to do the weekly oil change on this motherfucker? I don't think so. Also, I uh, I do uh, uh, appreciate the effort, but that did I hear 85, 86-year-old dude behind the wheels? Like, is that... Behind the wheel the of move? a fucking tank of a 1990s Mercedes. <laughs> that is a killer on the road. What are you My doing? My grandfather drove. <laughs> that is... Dangerous combination. It's unwise. Uh, yeah, I was scared of my grandfather's driving when I was like a child. Yeah. And you shouldn't be scared. <laughs> Just like, oh, this guy drives fast. Yeah. All right. Pop quiz, hot shot. When was the uh, Chinese balloon incident of 2023? Oh, glad you uh, narrowed it down to 2023. Um, March? Nope. End of January, first, February, first week of February. Bob. Sorry, it's Abe's pop quiz. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't realize you wanted to participate. I, I'm gonna. I like to participate you in did. everything except boring shit. But any game, 
I like to participate. Also, that's one I'm particularly good at. That's true. I apologize for jumping on you there. You did say February before I uh, revealed it. Two mistakes on your part, uh, not letting Lori answer and also... Silencing female voices. If you did not say 2023, I would have like... Like when did this happen? I think I am losing the thread of time. Like I don't know what's yeah. going on. Like it's you, like you gave a hit. So if I hadn't said 2023, you're not sure it would have been this year. It, yeah, it would, it would be either. I was like, was it summer of 22 or was this early? Tw- I, I I would not have been able to place it that easily, and I still got it wrong. God damn it! All right, let's uh, let's play the Billboard Hot 100 game here real quick. <laughs> Again, everybody, and welcome to Billboard Hot 100. This game is where we will choose a song off the Billboard Hot 100 and compare it to that song in the same chart position from a randomly selected year between 1983 and 2012. I will now roll the hundred-sided die, and we are going to position number 55 on the Billboard Hot 100, and we are looking at number 11. On our chart of years, Ooh. which would be 1993. Ooh. All right, number uh, one on this week's Billboard Hot 100 is, of course, Mariah Carey's "Timeless." All I want for Christmas is you. This is the it's first time hard to beat. First time it made it to number one uh, this year, I believe. It has uh, previously uh, been at number one, of course. But does it uh, did it like fall off a cliff first week in January? Yes, just like. Yeah, by the time – I'm not sure how long it trails the actual streaming charts, but uh, right. maybe as early as next week, all of these – But that's the thing. You know, other uh, songs that become popular, the trailing off makes sense, but like it is, this is a very yeah. seasonal thing. So like you would think it would just literally fall off no, it the does. charts. Right, we have the top – all of the top five are uh, Christmas songs – uh, number six is a Jack Harlow song, and then we've got seven, eight, and ten are all Christmas songs as well. So lots of Christmas in the top ten this week, but we are scrolling down to number 55. And we have what I believe is a country song. The person's name is Chris Aww. Stapleton. Chris Stapleton oh, is a— He's one of those good. palatable country ones. Oh, yeah? yeah right. He's a good one. The song is White Horse. Let's find out how good he is. People who also like normal music, like Chris Stapleton. Is he the uh, American Anthem guy from the Super Bowl this year? Maybe. He's the one that that did the guitar. That would make sense. A lot of high drama here at the beginning of this song.
for me. That, I don't uh, hate it. That's nah, just not. It's not any good. It it's, also it sounds uh, sort of timeless. It sounds timeless because it sounds like a fucking Three Doors Down song from 2003 or something. Like, like um, it doesn't sound like a Bob Seger Eagles. Yeah, except as understood by yeah, like but fucking. It doesn't, it's not awful. Bush or something. Like there's a little bit of weird 90s alternative schlock to it. It's not awful. I don't know. I don't care for it. I don't like it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm that... with Lori. Didn't hate it. Uh, I'll be interested to see what the song is going to be from 1993. Well, that's what's coming next. That's fantastic. Right. Like some sort of grunge song? That's... Age... No, not quite yet. I mean, maybe at 55. Right, so we're going to go to... Know. Let's see. What week should we choose here? The week of the 19th or the 26th? I guess we should go with the 26th. That's literally... Between Christmas and New Year's. Today, the number one song Nice. Mariah Carey, both days. Hero by Mariah Carey. So yeah, both this week's chart and the 93 chart featuring Mariah Carey. Ooh, Ace of Base base in the top three. three. (laughs) Meatloaf at number five. Which one? I'd, this is so weird. I would Soren do anything for love, talking but about I won't that do song that. today. Look at the variety in the top ten. Yeah, no Christmas songs. Uh, although maybe no, this was the you, week after. I don't know. It's the week after, but also that's not how it worked back then. A bad Aerosmith song there at number thirty-four. Nah, crying. that's one of the best Aerosmith no. songs. No, that's all you need to know about how much Aerosmith Shaquille sucks. Shaquille O'Neal had a track that made it to the top forty. Yeah. I mean, it's called I Know I Got Skills, Abe, so I don't know why you would be surprised by that. A Bad Billy Joel song, River of Dreams, there at number 40. Oh, it's great. Gin Blossoms sucks. That's number 39. Gin Blossoms could have been a a, a Chris Stapleton influence. Gin Blossoms. but But here's the point of the game. The Gin Blossoms sucked then, but now suck less. I guess. No Rain by uh, Blind Melon and at number 49. Uh, that Uh-oh. is an all-time classic. Number 55 is uh, Goody Goody Uh-oh. by Lisette <laughs> Melendez. No. And I have never heard of this person, to my knowledge. Peaked at 55. Let's see. <laughs> oh, just missed Soul to Squeeze by the Chili Peppers in there at number 60. All right, let's look up this... Uh, you could just give it to Chris Stapleton. You don't know. This might be fucking great. <laughs> goody, goody. <laughs> it's right there in the name, Abe. What's the problem? So we want Charlie Bob. Oh, she's hey. in a bath. Uh, I'm in desperate need. This is from Def Jam, I would I guess. Yeah, on Def Jam, Columbia Records. Crotch grabbing. She's talking about. I think this is a sexual one. <laughs> think so? Wow, this sucks. That's real bad. 
love it. Thank you. I don't care for it. R&B as a whole genre is underappreciated as being awful. Like that is, it is like if you're rating genres of music, I think uh, R&B doesn't get enough appreciation as being awful because of how, <laughs> like, it's, it's just all very suggestive. You know, maybe people use it for uh, their uh, uh, nighttime activities. You know, they have it as background music. Yeah, I don't know how yeah, that would help. Maybe. I don't know how that is conducive towards anything of. I mean, no. I, I don't want to say too much about my own. Nah, we're not going. <laughs> we're not going to go into that at all. Uh, I'm but, right here. Nah, <laughs> but it's just not. Uh, nothing about that music makes. Well, whatever. Uh, uh, Chris Stapleton wins the bad gin blossoms sort of uh, uh, remake sound that he's got going on for himself. There, uh, it's fine. It's better than you know. Goody uh, goody. This week, anyways, you literally could put any other song against Goody Goody, and it would win, right? I Ooh, mean, I don't know. No, because if it was one of those country songs from the last two weeks, mm-mm. it would no, still that, be better than his Goody. no. That I woke up on the wrong side of the truck one. No. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was real bad. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that might be that goody goody song is probably the second worst song that we've heard so far, I think. If I had to do a ranking off the top of my head. But anyway, uh that's the Billboard Hot 100 game. We'll keep playing that as long as we are not sued by record companies. Uh for uh, doing what is obviously fair use, but fair use is also uh, only a defense in court. It does not prevent you from being sued and Also, this is like for science. They should let us do it. Yeah. It doesn't ever well, work sure. that way, though. They will send the cease and desist, and if you are popular or big enough, they will sue your ass and take you well, to court. I have and good then, news for you. Yeah, that's true. We what, don't have that problem. What if the... What if the uh, the the, the goody goody song is the one I'm concerned about the most because like it'll probably this probably the first time it's been played in many many years <laughs> and Def Jam is trying to bury this and something <laughs> activates like a Google alert like oh shit it's happening yeah record companies are notorious for just wanting to bury their embarrassing things <laughs> and not just be appreciative of ever more plays uh, happening that's that's what happens it tarnishes their name and I think less of Def Jam. Uh, <laughs> previously you held them in some high esteem <laughs> higher it was higher you've been listening to cast iron brands a podcast with bob and abe find the show over at uh, brainiron.substack.com or on the website brainiron.com castironbrains.com the morning press is taking some time off uh from uh, producing daily episodes as uh you no doubt have noticed uh, no new episodes in your feed since uh, last Friday, uh, but that's fine. We'll come back in it's the new been year. The weekend and literally Christmas. Christmas, yes. Sure. Today but would have been the first I opportunity. Been, I have been uh, good about uh, getting an episode out every single day since I started it, and uh, Monday marked the first time that I uh, failed to do so. It was Christmas, but then also again today I didn't do one. Uh, this counts. I'm going to take the uh, the rest of the week off from the morning That's press good. because uh, allow me to spend more time. New with Year is. I mean, will you do one on New Year's Day? The wife and kids. I don't know. We'll see. Start the new year off right. Uh, might take New Year's Day off, but whatever. We will get back to uh, full full on uh, press for the morning press uh, in 2020. 
before. The opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig, tetramermusic.com, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R, music.com. Abe, you said you saw a bunch of movies over the long extended weekend. What uh, did you go see? And did you hit, you said you were uh, going to be at 74. What was the goal uh, coming into the year? Well, Clearing seventy. Okay, so the goal was to clear seventy, and you did yeah, that. Yeah, next year I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bring it down to sixty. I'm not gonna do this again. Um, <laughs> Torture but, yourself with movies. <laughs> Although, this, if ex- there's gonna be fewer new wide releases in yeah, 2024, naturally, maybe yeah. you can. Maybe the AMC will be bringing in more uh, older movies, and that makes it even better to go out and see movies in 2024. Older movies. I hope there's more of the, that because. When they had Titanic earlier this year, they would have had The Abyss earlier this month, but whatever happened. Like, if they bring old classic movies back, plus foreign movies, like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the uh, the costume movies uh, with the cartoon comic book stuff ha- has run Anime. its course. And, uh, and maybe something, you know, the, the French seem to be doing good. Yeah. But anyway, all right. So Abe's, I watched. Abe's like, surely there are grown ups somewhere in the world. <laughs> Surely the grown-ups somewhere are making movies, right? It's yeah. not all just fucking cartoons and rubber suits. Uh, please send the grown-up movies to the AMC in Atlanta, for please. Christ's sake. And they'll be, I mean, there's not going to be, I mean, Taylor Swift's not going to be on concert in concert next year to do another one of these movies. It doesn't so like, mean they won't just show it over and over again. Yeah. But, all right, so I watched a lot of, I watched four movies in the theater. Oh, wow. And I watched... And I watched a, a Trevor Noah's latest comedy special, so I'm going to say this really quick. I, I did want to talk about one movie in particular, American Fiction, which was the best of the bunch. So Ferrari was a terrible movie. Michael, Mann, Mi- Michael Mann's latest with uh, Adam yeah. Driver, correct? No there good? There were like two good scenes in it. It was just this plotting, meaningless movie. Is this a it weird just, This is a weird thing because we had, uh, in the last two years now, we, we had Ford versus Ferrari come into yeah. uh, movie theater. Was that this year or was that last year? I think that was last year, right? Either year, yes. Uh, and then Ferrari. It's like a weird, sometimes you get these weird paired like movies. the Magicians right. and the Asteroids. Right, the Christopher Nolan Magicians. Magician movie and the other That's, magician right, movie, yeah. and then Deep Impact it's, and and Armageddon came out at the same time. The likely the likely scenario is that somebody's going through the different studios making the pitch, and even if they pass on it, they're like, "Oh, somebody else is doing something similar. Yeah. Let's just do the thing, right. undercut them." That so no, like, but yeah, this, That's weird. Michael Mann makes good movies. What's the problem here? This was not a good movie. Uh, like, it wasn't a good movie. Wonka is like serviceable but i think it was more towards kids because like this is a 19 year old willy wonka not the old person who's got a little more personality like he's this guy the willy wonk the shamalay kid who played him just very like overly like sincere and nice like the whole movie I right mean, somebody should stab this guy right. um <laughs> didn't care for it too much uh, the movie was fine i think if you're a kid you would like the movie an uh, aggressively weird uh performance by uh johnny depp and gene wilder both and instead now we're getting this this baby-faced timothy chalamet guy to play him as like a, a hoper and a dreamer who just wants to save the world with chocolate and it's right. not it's not clear to me that that's informed by the source text in any meaningful way um right 
And, and it seems like they're building to some, to another. You know, if it does well enough, which it looks like it is, they're gonna make another one. Oh, great! Uh, to uh, follow, because it kind of ended like on a. Oh, and now I'm gonna build my thing. This like is Abe's fault because he goes yeah. and sees them. We are doing <laughs> our right. part by not going anywhere and paying for anything. Abe is the yes. problem. Does, is, yeah. does Hugh Grant uh, steal the show in the way that he all of the, the advertisements all insist that you will be um, maliciously charmed by by Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompas? As a matter of fact, I I, I said to myself, this guy is very charming. Like he's very, that's like he he's not in the movie a lot, but every time he's on it, I'm like, oh, good, right. Hugh Grant is here. And we not didn't this watch other Love schmuck. Actually this year. We didn't we screwed up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, he's really good. Uh, the, the third movie that I saw, I'm going basically worst to best, like the third, uh, it, it, Poor Things with M.S. Uh, Stone. Uh, that looks cool. Basically it's like a Frankenstein kind of movie. It's like a decent movie that I would not want to watch again because, so the movie is like. Isn't she like, uh, she's like unreasonably, weirdly horny throughout? Like, isn't that part of the Yeah, so the basically thing? the way that it's set up is that a woman who's pregnant, kills herself she jumps off a bridge and she dies and this frankenstein guy willem dafoe is like oh what an opportunity the baby is still alive the body is of the adult woman is dead and so he like implanted the baby brain on the adult woman's body and by the way i will tell you you know when a baby's learning the world it's adorable but it's very frustrating when a fully formed (laughs) adult is like struggling to do things yeah which is (laughs) yes and the whole thing is just all of the finding yourself and have whatever. You seen, like, Abe, have you ever seen uh, the Will Ferrell holiday classic Elf? Because you're, <laughs> what you're describing is a, a, an adult learning the ways of the world uh, with right, the mind of a baby. Right, but he wasn't getting screwed by random people. I no. mean, this, is, this movie – and what's weird is like the, the man in the movie, they're like coming on like when the, the, the brain isn't fully formed. Like, oh, this is what I'm talking about. And then as soon as she's like learning more and more, they're like, oh, kind of a – Pain in the ass. Like it's a bit these... on the nose, isn't it? As yeah. a criticism of of what very. men really want. Uh... <laughs> it's very much that. It's like, all right, I get it. Like, but it was like very weird. Like, oh man, this is amazing. Like, you didn't know anything. She's like, you can barely walk. I'm like, this is a plus. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I want to see it. This looks cool. She won't make yeah, it no, far. Yeah. It, it's a the only. It's just like knowing that this is a baby brain and all of the sex is just like it was just weirding You're me out. You're never super into like surrealism, yeah. Like in the weird, you don't like. Yeah, which when it is gets a little... the, that's why I go to movies. That's why yeah. movies <laughs> exist to me, is because it's not real life. What's the fucking point? Why would you make a movie like what's that DiCaprio movie that you saw? The Flower uh, Moon? Killers of the, the Flower Killers Moon. Of the flower why moon, yeah. why oh, are we great. doing this? If you're going to make happen? a movie, do yeah, something. Yeah, right. Right. No, Abe, oh, they were doing Abe's, something. Abe yeah. sees like a Charlie Kaufman movie, and he's like, what's what's wrong with this fucking asshole? <laughs> why, why am I in this stupid jerk's world? He's just making shit up. Why would I want to hang out here? This place sucks. <laughs> Fuck you, Charlie Kaufman. Uh, that, that is... <laughs> Abe yes. is not a fan of the surrealism. Yeah, get, yeah, tell me a story. Story. Anyways, so the, the, the most entertaining one that I saw was a limited release movie, American uh, Fiction, with uh, the guy from Westworld, uh, the, the black guy with a – I forget his name. Uh, Bernard Arnold? He, yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, 
he's Jeffrey uh, Wright. Right. Is the, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, is Jeffrey the name Wright. Of the art. Pretty good actor. Uh, actor. Yeah. Uh, the, the the story. I mean, these fucking. The one thing I will say about you writers, Bob, is that you guys love writing about writers. Like, so this is like a story Seriously. about a writer. Writers and, and architects. Right, and and so he's a, in just a real quick plot a s- summary. Like he's a struggling writer, right? He's like he's presented as like a competent and good writer, but what he's coming up against is that the uh, publishers want him to write a specific kind of book. They're like, hey, you're a black writer, do some sort of black thing. And he's like resentful of like, what the fuck you mean? Like, I mean, I'm a black writer and whatever I give you is something a black writer wrote. But they're like, no, no, no. No, no, no. Black, black it up some there. Yeah, black it up. And, yeah. and they uh, introduced uh, a character played by Issa Rae. Um, I like her. Who, was, who had a bit part in uh, Barbie and a bigger part in Insecure. Uh, and she is basically like the person who's writing what they want, right? And <laughs> I mean, this is a little on the nose, but the, the title of the book where they cut to her with her success, like he's struggling at some fucking shitty college that he needs to teach to supplement his income because he can't make it uh, in this environment. Uh, she wrote a book called um, <laughs> Wees Lives in the Ghetto, right? Yeah. And it's a very like that like the, it, you know there, there's like uh african-american vernacular english but then there's also like a cartoonish yep. african-american vernacular english and that's what this is like a very absurd cartoonish way but she's making out like a bandit and uh he's just frustrated by this so he goes back home his sister dies the rest of the story is like just a, a writer living his life in his like 40s and 50s or whatever but like just the the, the way the story starts is like this guy can't make it and so what he does is like he was talking to his uh agent and he's like these fuckers all they want is just this drivel so what i'm gonna do as a joke is write that like a bullshit black head up kind of thing as a fuck you and it's a spectacular success they're like oh this is amazing and like he and he's trying to find a way to get out of this predicament that he's in and the, the rest of the movie plays along but it was a very entertaining movie there's a couple of parts where it's a little clunky but overall entertaining movie uh the the last thing i will say on the watching front is on tv uh i watched uh trevor lawrence trevor lawrence trevor noah who was on uh who was the guy from the (laughs) The athlete (laughs) not the athlete but the guy who used to be the daily show guy and like his and and the reason i'm not singling him out uh, although i am but like he his latest special was not very good because he's not a very I'll, funny person, Abe, is the he's problem. He's funny in, in – he can be funny. But the problem I have is like the, it's been like five or six specials that I've seen where there are these big-name people uh, connected to comedy in some way coming up with a stand-up special that is just nonsense. It's just like a money-grab kind of thing. Like I'm just going to kill time for an hour. Like none of their their bits go anywhere. It's just like, hey, I'm a celebrity and I'm doing celebrity things. The only exception in the last couple of years has been like uh, Nate Bergazzi, who's been like very like his specials are like I like him. This guy but knows he's what he's com- doing. But the difference, he only does stand up, right? He's they, not I mean, a yeah, guy. He'll do like bit that, parts in, in shows, but yeah, he's like a mainly no, stand up like, person. Normal comedians are comedians, and then they're forced to do acting for money, right? But like right. Trevor Noah is the opposite of that. He's some celebrity. Who is doing comedy weirdly? Right. I know he was and a he, comedian before, but he probably yeah. he's better at not doing comedy. 
But his his uh, argument was that he when he stopped doing the show, he was basically on. He was like a stand-up comedian, but it didn't show it on the, on his latest special. It, it's yeah. Like, this, I know the money that they're throwing their way is a lot, so no one's going to turn down money to say, hey, every 18 months, give us a new thing. Sure. I think Chappelle's coming up with a new one at the end of this year. Uh, but, like, put a little more effort into these things. Did uh, did you ever see the movie – this is going back to uh, American fiction. Did you ever see the movie uh, Hollywood Shuffle from the 1980s? No. So this is about uh, – this is by uh, Robert Townsend, and this is about – a black guy in Hollywood who is frustrated with the fact that he's always asked to play these stereotypical black uh, roles like the gangster or the, the gangbanger or right. whatever. Uh, and I think that probably without having seen it, American fiction owes a great deal of it sounds very similar, a yeah. debt to uh, the satire film Hollywood Shuffle, which I saw a long time ago and don't remember very much of, but sort of gets into that same sort of thing i would imagine uh the court jefferson guy who's the director and writer of of american fiction is an interesting guy he's he worked uh at the nightly show with larry wilmore and then also uh-huh. on uh master of none and the good place and i've read his work also uh elsewhere at gawker back in the old days of gawker and apparently that, uh, I was going to say he has been attempting to get like a, a movie made about the entire Gawker situation uh, for a while now, and it's never quite come together. I oh, really? Think. Oh, but, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood Shuffle. Uh, worth uh, checking out if uh, – Yes, I'll watch that. If you need something to look at. We uh, – what did we do? We watched uh, We watched Scrooged. Gremlins. We watched Gremlins uh, with the children. Gremlins is a 1980s sort of the horror. The 80s were so fucking weird. Horror comedy Christmas movie <laughs> and it's so fucking violent. Like it's not quite like Evil Dead level violent uh, or, or like uh, – But it's a movie for children. Right, but it is a movie like sort of explicitly like made for kids. it's very clearly for kids. Yeah, uh, but it was it was fine. I I can't remember having seen it since I, don't I think was I'd seen it. a kid, and I probably only saw it in like twenty thirty minute chunks on cable uh, back in the day. But definitely a weird movie. Uh, it probably won't make the consistent holiday rotation the way that no, but also, other Christmas movies. You know do. what else is weird? That movie we watched last year with Chevy Chase, the American National Lampoon's yeah. uh, Christmas Vacation. The eighties were just very weird. Right. There was, uh, and and actually, those are two good examples of the phenomenon. Uh, there was an appetite for movies that featured nothing but entirely unlikable protagonists and antagonists, and uh, nobody in the movie was good or or like were you particularly rooting for i mean yeah like sort of you're rooting for the kid in gremlins i guess but it's like uh it's sort of like a throwaway relative to everything else that's yeah, going it's on like a b plot that, right, that right. plot like the, becomes the weird b plot right but like the dad in that in in gremlins is like an incredibly distasteful failure of a human being uh, whose charm, like, uh, you just love him because he's your dad, I guess, is sort of the idea. But, like, the <laughs> there's there, there, there was a time, and I think the 80s is probably as good a, a circle to put around it as any, when the appetite for characters in movies, like, we didn't have to fucking like anybody. And right. now you go and you see a movie and, and so many – we're so scared of having any character that the audience doesn't like – 
that either they have to be uh, like even like look at uh, Kylo Ren and Thanos as the two main antagonists of our two big tentpole franchises uh, over the course of the last 10 years. And these are conflicted uh, at their hearts. Uh, good people uh, working towards uh, an end that they believe is is ethical or right or good, right? Like, uh, uh, and, and ultimately, Kylo Ren, e- even if he did kill his father, it was in service of uh, 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 something greater. And even if that ambition ultimately was thwarted, uh, he falls in love with our our hero chick and is ultimately redeemed by the end of the the trilogy. But, anyway, and like as lame as that is, and is right. As you, we've talked about this with I forget what Abe saw, where it was maybe a Disney thing, but like okay. in real life, way most people are not bad, and and we don't like them, and they suck, but they're still just doing their best. Most people, by huge huge margins, like with the exception of like twenty people, are really just doing what they think they should be doing all the time. Yeah, but there's something about like Thanos having like having a point. It's like like Thanos being correct essentially in terms of uh his like he's not right morally, but like uh in a, in his ethical framework. Yeah, that's the thing with empathy, that's what you find. Right, it's I like think that's fucking I I'm not sure that that's a way to do art necessarily. Yeah, maybe not... it's not a good way to do art, but it is more true to life. But you know, it's what it's what made John Wick and the Mad and the new Mad Max movie so much fucking fun, right? Like it's like ah, here are here like that little shit in John Wick, uh, who, who was in Game of Thrones, uh, Alfie or whatever uh, the the actor's name is. Uh, yeah. Like he's an incredibly unlikable little shit who got what was fucking coming to him eventually, right? Yeah. Like and and like we like to see it. Like you love you love to see it when there's a, a, a somebody in the movie that you can fucking hate, uh, and it, maybe it's not the healthiest human instinct necessarily but here we have uh uh a uh, morton joe is a disgusting slob uh representative of the patriarchy and of uh capitalism or or whatever uh that goober uh, uh the guy who wrote the mad max movies uh his underlying politics are probably all very silly uh but at least what we have there is a fucking monster to hate and we have heroes on the other side who are uh, fighting for freedom against them also mad max uh, is mostly practical effects we were talking about it the other day, and you said it was all CGI, and it's not. It's, like, all practical effects. There's a lot of CGI in that movie. There's, like, filter on it. But like, every yeah. frame is CGI. It's- it looks, yeah. It, they should do, like, a behind-the-scenes kind of footage to see just how much of it is CGI. But to your point, Bob, you know, like, have you know, in, in film and television, there have been, like, these different phases where, like, I mean, what was it? Uh, the Sopranos, like that was like one of the first like major characters ha- being like complicated, anti-hero. not necessarily yeah, like right, an anti-hero the anti-hero phase. thing. Yeah. And then like more recently, it seems like the good guy has to be like uncomplicated and good. Like they can't be like a little shit on the side. Like they are doing weird stuff with the villains, but with the good characters, they seem to be like either like on the up and up or well, not because too many at the same characters. time, at the same time as. You have people vilifying people who are actually not so bad. People who you like are not that fucking great all the time right. either. And if you right. dig in, you'll not like someone. Right. So they have to do that. It's just that's just what real life is like. Yeah, it makes for boring movies, I guess. 
Yeah, I just I think that we no longer have uh, uh, an appetite or a willing a willingness to sort of apologize for unlikable people on the screen in the way that we used to. Uh, except like the 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 Mel Gibson like the fact that Mel Gibson doesn't get uh, work anymore is, is sort of exemplifies the whole thing both in terms of the meta conversation and also in terms of the sorts of characters that he used to play right like Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon was a charming shithead uh, yes. but but a total fucking shithead nonetheless right uh, Mel Gibson in like Payback for example another fucking Maverick. shithead Matt right total shithead but we don't have these guys who like yeah like they're they're like I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making it up. You're probably but, not wrong. But to me, I mean, and and yeah, obviously Mel Gibson isn't going to get. First of all, he's fucking old, so he's not going to get these sorts of roles anymore <laughs> either. But also, uh, he's no longer uh, good company uh, or or or, or he's acceptable and polite movies. company these days. He'll he'll show up on occasion, like under like a Mark Wahlberg or like uh, Jodie Foster seems to be into him too. Like where she'll throw. Yeah, jo- Jody is Maverick. very forgiving to. Uh, yeah. To Mel. Anyway, what else? We watched Scrooged. We we try to watch Scrooged every year. Scrooged is an absolute classic. It's so good. Still can't show it to the children uh, for various reasons. But what uh, did we watch? We watched some Rudolph. They, which was I watched weird. A the seventies were weird. Man, too. the seventies were weird. There was a <laughs> so there's the traditional Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer uh, from network television. The the Burl and Ives. Is it Burl and Ives? Did Burl Ives. Burl Ives. Uh, production or Rankin Bass is what I'm thinking of Rankin Rankin and Bass or the production company and they made the original Rudolph and then like a decade later they made uh, for ABC a Rudolph saves New Year's and it is the weirdest fucking most bizarre like they invented this whole thing where like a happy is the New Year baby like that is the individual person happy well the New Year baby was a thing and he's he's absconded he's taken off because uh, people don't like him or he is a low self-esteem or something and now he's hiding in an archipelago of archipelago old, of old years where every island in the archipelago thank you Lori, is is another year in the, in and of itself so there's like a 13 there's a 1492 island where time is permanently frozen in 1492 on this island and rudolph has to go see if happy the new year baby is hiding on that island uh and in the meantime he encounters like this giant evil condor and there's a big blue sperm whale with a uh, a clock in his fin or in his tail and it's not like now where they can just throw this together with like the ai just tell the right. a tell the robot no this, this took like fucking 18 months or something to put together stop motion yeah. like they have to take a picture and then move it this much and then take a picture and then move it this much and they have to do that for every frame and it's an hour long and someone wrote it right you know, people from the 70s, when they're making this stuff, they must have thought the audience is going to be very limited. It's just going to disappear into the to the ether. And now people have access to all of this stuff. Like, it wasn't meant for people to be watching this in 2020. No, they were thinking it's that supposed far. to air on ABC to an audience of like 8 million people and <laughs> yeah. be done with it forever. <laughs> 
But now it it plays on permanent repeat because uh, we can't make anything nearly that interesting anymore for whatever reason. Like, and that like say what you will about how fucking bonkers it was. I was enthralled by it. Like as a, as a as a as a a captive member of the audience. Now these many years later, I was thrilled to be able to experience it uh, because nothing that they make these days is is half that interesting. We also played a game about time travel. And music. We played video games. Oh, yeah. There's a new uh, Jackbox game. Jackbox makes these party games that you can download on your computer or your Nintendo Switch or whatever. Uh, And we played one of them, uh, which is basically Pop Quiz Hotshot. And it it asks you to guess what year uh, this major historical event happened. And you have to fit it along a timeline. No, no, this minor historical event happened. Not major ones, because then you would know better. Yeah, but it's sure. like when was when were tampons invented? Like, oh. right, and you you sort of you're playing basically like over under over under with everybody else in the room, uh, oh, and then nice. and then it keeps track of how wrong you are, and then somebody wins at the end. It's it's fun, but anyway, that's what we did. There was a lot of loafing around, and there will continue to be a lot of loafing around. I have to work tomorrow, but only a little, like only technically, only for a few hours. Yeah, I have work to do though. I'm going to play so much Madden over the course of the next week. You're uh, going to edit a podcast. Well, tomorrow, yes, I'm going to edit a podcast, but then I'm going to play. I'm playing God of War. You can't play Madden the whole time. That's right. I will say Madden 24, way more. Unne- like Even Madden 07, 08 was unnecessarily complicated. Like I just want to plug the fucking thing in and be like, I want to be the Giants, and I want to yes. play against the Cowboys. Uh, yes. Let's do it. But now it's like Madden has like 4,700 submenus and there's like 11 different modes and there's like passing is not just push the button to go to the receiver that you want it to be. There's like this whole like involved like uh, there's a submenu that pops up when you go to throw the pass. It's like how hard and high and low or fast or lob or bullet pass or like there's like 11 different decisions that you have to make. And it's like, come on, man. I am not passing. Patrick Mahomes here. I am right. not that good at this. I'm just you here. You are, though, if you choose him as I'm your quarterback. I'm just here to drop back and throw it to Joe Juravicious as he comes flying across the middle and breaks right. Abe's zone in half. Like, that's the <laughs> entire game here. Why are you complicating things? Right. You should have the option to complicate it to your heart's content, but there should be a button early on that just said, I just want to play. Like, right. I, I know there are all these features and bells and whistles, but... I just want to play. Works. I want to shoot somebody. I want to throw the ball. I want to just, just do the thing. Let's right. do the thing. Uh, I was playing. To bed. Yeah, we should be done here in just a second. But I was playing because uh, I was talking to Calvin about how I was going to kick his ass in Madden, right? And so we fire it up and we, we select our teams. And I, I defer because I'm supremely confident. Uh, so I, I win the kickoff, but I defer and I, I kick the ball off to Calvin and he gets it. He takes it out of the end zone and he, he doesn't get past the 20. He's, he's tackled it like the 17. It's ah, you loser. I got you. Uh, you suck at this. And I'm riding high. And then the first play from scrimmage, he runs like a counter uh, off tackle to the right side and goes for 83 yards and a score. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And he says, bye bye. <laughs> As his guy is his guy is getting past my last safety. He just goes bye bye, and Lori comes running in from the other room. I to wanted to watch him get beat up. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
And then uh, that sucker didn't score again until like deep into garbage time of the fourth quarter. And I, I won like uh, 56 to 13 or something oh like my that. God. <laughs> it was like the Tennessee game uh, is what is what he experienced. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a nasty few years at the house here. Because yeah. he's going to practice. He is. He's going to practice. He'll be kicking my ass before he's, he's 15. He's going to I'm retire sure. you from this uh, this whole hobby. Oh yeah, like, like that's the other thing. Like video games suck. When, <laughs> as soon as he starts consistently kicking my ass in Mario Kart, I, I like I've been playing Mario Kart for my whole life, as far as my yeah. brain is concerned. I mean, it's not yeah. quite that long, but like basically, but I've been basically. playing Mario Kart my whole life. If my kid is going to be consistently kicking my ass in it, I will want no part in it moving forward. Uh, and and to this point. Like he's he's started to get one off me every once in a while, but it's not a consistent thing. But over the course of the next two years, we're things also could get only ugly. allowing them to play video games for small. Like we don't let him play very much. Like right. we, we let him play too much, but it's not like we're letting him sit there and play all day. If we right. did, he would be better. Right. Like no question, right. he would have. Or if we let them watch YouTube about it, uh, yeah. it would be over. Right. I've placed an artificial ceiling on my son's Mario Kart ability, uh, strictly for my own ego. I think is the bottom line here <laughs> to delay the inevitable. Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, there'll be more of that over the course of the next week, and then we'll be back with. Stay uh, tuned, everyone. Fresh, fresh, steamy, hot news content in the new year for you. Uh, I see no reason why we can't uh, record on January 1st, which would be Monday. I think uh, that's what we should do. It makes as much sense as anything. Abe, you don't have shit going on, right? Fuck no. that. What you is can... that second game? something fun. Though. Is it, no, uh... that's the thing. We're, it's football is it, is on the New Year's. The... It's the, the, the shittier it's one? Or the or is it the... Which it's the It's Washington, Texas. Okay. So the Alabama that, that game would be is the five. reason not to. Yeah, that's true. There is college football. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Abe, you uh, got anything else for us tonight? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. And we'll talk to you next time. Later. Nine predictions for how we'll eat in 2024. Uh, We're going to be eating more snacks is the bold prediction. Hmm. Uh, hydration never takes a vacation. Water is going to be bigger than ever. Water talk. Essentially, millions of millions of people watching other people add syrups and powders to giant tumblers of water. Because uh, like it's a it's a hashtag water talk and like huge number of influencers discussing fizzy flavor water and and water squirtles, uh, flavor squirtles, and that sort of thing. Are you getting your uh, the same bang for your buck when it comes to Water needs with these uh, fizzy things. Is it like the same as yeah, drinking? We only buy the cheap ones. What do you mean? Like you know, like this is like the normal water, right? There's nothing fuzzy. Is it the Costs same nothing, as right? Right, but not not price. I'm just saying. Oh, the... you mean like health wise? They don't yeah. know. Right, like is this? Can I? I, I will sometimes drink the fuzzy water, but then I'll also drink regular water. Right. I don't know if it's the same or. I think that the hydration factor is basically the same, uh, but yeah, there's like, because it, it's bad for your teeth. it's more acidic, so it's bad for your teeth. It could be bad for your gut biome or what have you, probably. Uh, only drink fizzy flavor water. That's not good. Right. I see. But also compared to a Coke Zero, like the fizzy flavor water true, is yeah. far so, less acidic than a Coke yeah. is. You know. 
So I guess that, that goes to, the, is this displacing the Coke Zero types or is it displacing regular water that wasn't... Look, look for an uptick in water sommeliers, the premium hydration category and wearable hydration sensors. But I got to go to the comments here real quick. Ah, me. The downward spiral toward the end of America is perfectly encapsulated in this depressing article. As most of the world goes hungry... Yes, that says most of the world. As most of the world goes hungry, including too many in the United States, these precious food trends sound like an update on the fall of Rome. Now, I'm not only worried about Trump's ascent as the first American dictator... Cocktails that eat like a meal? Water sommeliers? What's next? No, don't tell me. I really don't want to know. That's the number one comment uh, currently by Reader Picks. Here we are, Abe. Cast Iron Cranes, a podcast not yet recovered from the indulgences and permissiveness of Chrisman. A podcast of Chris, Chrisman. <laughs> Chrisman. It's like the mailman, but Chrisman. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.